0: Welcome back to Shore Sports Talk, sponsored by Shoreline Wealth Management, right here on 94.3 The Point. I am Vin Abenu. With me this morning is Brian Hoke, who is the Yankees beat reporter for MLB.com, Yankees.com, down there in sunny Tampa, Florida right now while we're battling through some cold here at the Jersey Shore. (laughs) Brian, wish I was down there in Florida with you, and so do most of us here at the Shore. Thanks for coming on the show.
1: Absolutely, good to be on with you, Vin. <laughs> I'm
0: sure it's always odd, right? You know, when you get a suntan and or sunburn, I guess in March. I know that's that's what usually happens to me in the summer here.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, it's uh, I'm definitely not going to complain. It's been uh, <laughs> we've had gorgeous weather down here all spring, and not to tease your radio audience, but I can't remember a spring training where there wasn't a single day where I said, "Hmm, you know, I better bring a windbreaker over to the ballpark." We have just not had that, so it's been. Uh, unseasonably warm the whole time and it's been great and certainly not complaining about it by any measure
0: yeah I, I think I saw that What was the game time temperature against the Pirates uh, earlier in the week It was like 81 degrees at 630 at night <laughs> So, yeah,
1: exactly yeah so uh, no there's, there's definitely not a lot of complaints and I feel like it's gonna be a rude awakening when we head north here and the Yankees open up on March 30 at Yankee Stadium I feel like uh, bundle up for that game because uh, we're not going to be prepared for it.
0: Yep. Yeah. All of a sudden, the the, uh, the weather shock will head in. Um, so, I mean, it seems like a new thing going on in spring training. Obviously, everybody within the organization, I'm sure, looking for a palate cleanser after what happened in the ALCS against the Astros. Uh, do you sense that there's any type of urgency in Yankees camp to immediately get back out in the field and prove that they could be a team that could not only contend with the Astros, but beat them at some point?
1: Yeah, I think so. I think and that comes right from their captain, their new captain, Aaron Judge, who has talked about that as uh, they, they have to figure out a way to get over that mountaintop. You know, the great regular season performance doesn't mean anything. Obviously, they want to go win the American League East because that's their first step toward getting to a World Series championship. But 2009 was a long time ago, and none of these guys on this current roster were around for that. You know, you've got a couple of the guest instructors like, Nick Swisher and CeCe Sabathia, those guys are still hanging around here on occasion, but uh, this team as a whole has not tasted victory. You know, uh, Anthony Rizzo is one of the the few guys who has a World Series ring in that room, but it came with the Chicago Cubs, not the Yankees, so I I think that they understand that they need to figure out a way to get over that mountaintop to uh, kind of slay the dragon, as Aaron Boone put it last year. They fell short. They fell way short last year. It was a sweep in the ALCS, and I think that left a bad taste in their mouth, and so I think this is a driven group, a motivated group, and they want to show that 2023 can be a different story.
0: Uh, the Astros had a scary pitching stuff. I mean, they've had for years. I mean, that's what one of the things that concerned me in the playoffs last year, looking at the way the Yankees were playing. I'm like, even, even though they don't have Verlander this year, they still have a pretty loaded pitching rotation. I know the Yankees have done work adding Rodon, uh, to make it a good rotation. Do you think, in terms of pitching rotations, do you think the Yankees can match up a little bit more equally here?
1: Yeah, I mean, the Astros have a deep staff. There's no doubt about it, even with Verlander now across town with the Mets. Uh, but I, I think that it's it's not just a matter of keeping up with the Joneses here because uh, Aaron Boone has talked about this rotation top to bottom, even with Montas out, may be the most formidable he's had in his time as a manager. You put this team, if they fast-forward to October and they're all healthy, I I like their chances when you have that rotation and you're running them out in a short postseason series. I think uh, they can definitely handle any kind of challenges that come their way. And then the big question, as we talk about every single year, is health. And uh, that was something they didn't have last year on the offensive side. D.J. LeMahieu, Andrew Benatendi, those guys were not at full force. Neither was Matt Carpenter in the postseason. That's why they – struggled to score run so much. So I, I think that uh, this team is, is built definitely for postseason success, and uh, we'll see if they can get there and how they perform when they do.
0: What does Luis Severino look like this spring? I know they kind of held him back a little bit, uh, I guess, to try and protect him last season while he was recovering from an injury, uh, even though it, he made it very clear that he didn't want to be out that long. Uh, where, where are things at with Severino? Are there are these um, rules on Severino going into the year, or do – The Yankees think that they can get uh, somewhere between 150 and 200 innings ahead of him.
1: They're going to try, especially uh, he's in his final year of his contract, so he's got something to prove here too because he's eligible for free agency after the year. So Garrett Cole had a comment recently where he said that Severino's got some wild horse characteristics going (laughs) out there, kind of like a uh, wild stallion. and So uh, he looks revved up and ready to go. I think uh, he was definitely frustrated last year by being held back. Um, yeah, as you mentioned, they, they put him on the injured list. They were probably overly protective of him trying to get him uh, ready for the postseason, but they probably could have squeezed out some more innings out of him. Uh, they felt that uh, they, wanted to save, they wanted to go to the safe route, but I, I really feel like for this team to get where they're going to need to go, and which is winning a World Series, Luis Severino is going to be a big part of that. Uh, I, I feel like Severino is the perfect guy there. That's the reason they gave him that uh, big contract to lock him up earlier in his career and now it's uh it's time for him to, to go out and show something so when he's right he can he can go toe-to-toe and, and dominate any big league lineup uh, you know big uh, go up against houston that, those kind of lineups uh the question is with him getting him out there to make those 25 to 30 starts and if they get that out of him then i really like their chances this year
0: We're talking with Brian Hoke this morning here on Shore Sports Talk, covering the Yankees for MLB.com. Brian, uh, what is is the current state of the bullpen? I know last year, with or without injuries in that bullpen, there were a lot of moving parts. And uh, after the fantastic start to the season that Clay Holmes had, he sort of was a shell of what he was in the second half In the first half. Um, With the pieces they have now, with the moves that they've made, where? are How strong is this Yankees bullpen going into the season, and is there any clear favorite for a daily closer, or is it going to be a closer by committee to start?
1: Yeah, I think Holmes is going to be your closer to to begin the season. I wouldn't be surprised to see Jonathan LeWisega get some opportunities there. But uh, Holmes, as an extreme ground ball pitcher, was so effective in the first half last year. And as you mentioned, uh, he had the shoulder issue that kind of curtailed his – effectiveness in the second half, but he appears to be back to form here. I, I, they love Loisaga's stuff in the late innings. Juan Peralta Peralta's a, uh, a, a force, especially during the postseason. It seemed like he was pitching almost every single day. And uh, what, what I really like about this staff is they have a healthy Michael King back, and that was really such a loss for this team. He went down in July, and it, it seemed like they could weather that, and they did for the most part, but it, as a multi-inning force out of the bullpen, King was so effective, and what I've seen of him in spring training is that he hasn't missed a beat, which is great. Um, you know, he had a fractured right elbow. That uh, that was a, that's a pretty significant injury. And for him to come back and, and look exactly the way he did previous to that injury, I think that's huge for this team. Uh, they're going to have Ron Marinaccio back, too, who had a very impressive uh, rookie campaign. And he's a Jersey guy, too. So that gets uh, him bonus points <laughs> in my budget. So, uh, but I, I think that, with King and Marinaccio back in the bullpen, those were two guys they did not have in the postseason last year, and those are definitely difference-makers in this bullpen. So I, I like that a lot. Uh, I think that that's going to be much more formidable than uh, when we saw them in October. But, look, the reason they lost and got swept by Houston was not their pitching. Right. Uh, it was the lack of run production. So I think that having a healthy LeMahieu back is going to be huge for this team.
0: What do they do with LeMahieu? I'll, I'll feed off of that one this year. I mean, I, I, he naturally won a gold glove because he. I think you could put him anywhere on the diamond. He'd be amazing defensively. Um, but in terms of, because they have a lot of weapons now, what do they do with D.J. LeMahieu in terms of defense? Is it going to be one of those things that they originally signed up for? Okay, today you're going to play second. Today you're going to play third. Today you're going to play first. Um, and then how healthy is that toe or that foot in order to see the old DJ LeMahieu we're used to with hitting balls all over the yard and being that 330,
1: 340 type of hitter. Yeah, that, I, that's what he's looked like so far here. I haven't seen him slowed at all. And obviously, it's something he'll have to manage over the course of 162. That's a long season. But right now, he looks fantastic. And uh, so that is the plan. They're going to move him between first base, second base, and third base. I think the majority of his playing time will come at second base. But DJ loves that. Kind of utility man role where he can bounce around the diamond. He thinks it really serves his skill set well. It serves the team well, certainly. And uh, when you've got a, a crowded infield here where uh, Anthony Rizzo is going to be starting most of the time at first base and Glaber Torres will be starting a lot at second base and you got Josh Donaldson entrenched at third base and they're counting on a bounce back year from him. The, the fact that Lemayhu gives you that versatility where he can play any one of those positions and, and maybe get a few reps at DH as well. Uh, I think that's great for Aaron Boone because it really gives him so much flexibility and so many options into how to deploy his lineup on any given day.
0: Uh, Oswaldo Cabrera, sir, and we saw him play a little center field the other day too, which which I thought was great. And, uh, naturally, he made a great catch. Uh, but certainly somebody who could be in the lineup every day as well because he can play all these different positions and a switch hitter at that. Good average, hits for a little bit of power as well. Uh, how, how do you see Boone employing Oswaldo Cabrera into the lineup every day? Um, and where do you think he could work best?
1: Yeah, much the same. Yeah, Boone was joking the other day. He said, Do we should get t shirts made up that say, Where's Oswaldo? And
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure John Boy's on it.
1: <laughs> I had to tell him those t shirts have already been made. Yeah, yeah. RotoWare put them out last year, and that's great. Uh, it's it, He can really play everywhere, and he's such a uh engaging kid too he, he's really just always uh, probably the happiest man in camp all the time but yeah you could put him anywhere on the diamond second base third base he could play shortstop he could play the corner outfield spots as you mentioned he was out in the outfield they tried him in center field and of course he he ranged in and made a diving catch and uh, boone joked to him after that he said you know harrison bader would have made that catch standing up but, uh, <laughs> But actually uh, Boone said he was just kidding on that because it was actually a, a, an above average play. He had a lot of ground to cover and he ranged in and made a diamond catch. So Cabrera can do it all defensively on the field. And he's got about four or five gloves in the top shelf of his locker. And he's ready for any opportunity. So I, I feel like that's a perfect utility, man. It's kind of a throwback to the Luis Soho types of the 90s, mm. and obviously where you can just plug a guy in and, uh, you know, they start two or three times a week and he helps you out, comes off the bench and, uh, when you need a hit, he can do it. I, I feel like Cabrera is that kind of guy who uh, can fill so many roles as a kind of the Swiss utility knife, uh, Swiss army knife of uh, this Yankee roster.
0: They got some good young talent that has been talked about in the system for years. And I, I would guess that Dominguez will start, uh, who's been raking lately. My goodness, he's got a swing. Uh, it's either double A AA or triple A here, but in terms of the shortstops, what are you seeing out of Oswald, Peraza and Anthony Volpe, who's raking at the plate as well? I mean, is there a, lead, a favorite as to who may get that starting shortstop job and who may have to ride the bench or go to triple A?
1: Yeah, as far as Dominguez, I feel like he's probably going to start at Somerset. He only played five games at double A last year, so that's where I would have him starting. But uh, when when, when spring training began i would have said volpe has no shot of making this team he only had 99 plate appearances at triple a but he has come into camp and really just impressed so many people he's been the talk of this camp and uh I, I think that at some point here there's still time left on the clock and we'll see how everything balances out but uh at some point you have to say okay he's 21 years old and he hasn't really played at triple a AAA, but he may be the best option to play shortstop on opening day for the New York Yankees. And if that's the case, then they should go and do that. Um, so I, I think that that is certainly in play here. Uh, I, I think it's more probable that Oswald Peraza gets that job just based upon what he did in September, the fact he even got a start in the postseason last year. But he's kind of had a quiet spring training, almost invisible in a lot of ways, because uh, because Volpe has been so impressive here. And uh, let's not forget about Isaiah Kainofalefa, who, made over 100 starts, a shortstop last year, and uh, and is in the mix too. But I, I do think a trade is possible for kiner falefa based upon uh, that there's need for for an infielder out there. I know the Dodgers, the Rockies, the White Sox are a few of the teams that could be interested. But just because Volpe really seems to be accelerating his timeline so much, uh, he may be forcing the issue here if he continues this way for the next two or three weeks.
0: Yankees certainly have a lot of sluggers in the lineup. We know that with, you know, especially when fully healthy with Judge, Giancarlo, Rizzo, uh, just to name the the big three there. So they could do a lot with that lineup. I mean, we thought it was going to be really scary going into last year. I know there were some injuries and some ineffectiveness as well. Um, but in putting together this lineup, is the Yankees lineup offensively, do you think, as full as it could get, as, as better this year than it was the last couple of years in order to not just beat the Astros, but to be able to run th- the gauntlet of a season to not... I mean, the last year they started pretty hot, and then they kind of simmered down a little bit. Can this offense carry the Yankees to a season like they expect?
1: I, I think so. I mean, even with that second-half swoon that you're talking about there, they still did lead the league and run scored, and that's the name of the game. So obviously a lot of that was based on that hot start in the beginning, and they got contributions from guys they weren't necessarily counting on for example a Matt Carpenter who came in in mid-season and <laughs> suddenly just seemed to be hitting a home run every <laughs> other day but I, I don't think Judge is going to get another 62 but he could uh I, I'm not going to rule it out I, I think more likely you're going to see him somewhere in the 40s and if you can get a Giancarlo Stanton out there uh he's such a big piece of his lineup too because he was huge in the first half won the uh, the MVP of the all-star game and then was really absent for most of the second half there. So And Rizzo, by the way, just uh, is coming off a year where he tied his career high with 32 homers, I believe. Uh, so the left field porch is uh, so inviting for him. I think he's a big part of this. And that's one thing we don't talk about enough, I think, with what the Yankees did this past offseason. Uh, obviously, it's, it's largely the same group they're running back. But imagine if they didn't have Judge. And imagine if they didn't bring back Rizzo. Because those are two huge pieces of this lineup that uh, were out there in free agency. And uh, and sometimes the the most important move that you can make is just retaining the guys that you had last year. And in those cases, I think that those were two guys I can't picture this Yankee team without having Judge and Rizzo in that lineup. And so I I think that uh, it's huge that they did bring him back and kind of give that group one more bite at the apple.
0: What are your thoughts on a couple other players here who could crack the lineup on a basis, daily basis as well? With Josh Donaldson having, you know, a really good defensive season, but an offensive season that was that I guess failed to meet some expectations, at least among uh, a lot of the fans. Um, and then Jose cool. Trevino offensively as well, obviously an outstanding catcher behind the plate. Uh, but what do you think about those two guys offensively? What can they possibly contribute this year?
1: Well, Donaldson, in his case, yeah, it was so frustrating uh, for him, too, and for the team, especially in the second half and the postseason when he was uh, really absent the whole time. I'm not convinced that Donaldson was ever completely healthy last year. I think that, you know, Aaron Boone is talking about the lockout uh, affecting him. I think more it's uh, that he had a shoulder injury in spring training and was not completely right. And if you go back and Look, uh, sometime in May, he went to get a cortisone injection on that, and he got treated on that. So I don't think he was ever really right. And I don't think you're going to count on seeing 2015 Toronto Blue Jays MVP, Josh Donaldson. I don't think that's uh, in the cards here at age 37. But could he roll the clock back to what he did in Minnesota a couple of years ago? I-, I think that that would be a, a reasonable ask. And. At that point, he was a productive everyday player. And um, it, you talk to Brian Cashman and Aaron Boone, they think it's a crime that Donaldson didn't get a gold glove or at least mention as a finalist last year. So I think that, yeah, you're counting on somewhat better offensive production out of Donaldson. And, and if he can keep fielding the ball the way he was, I think that, uh, that you, you live with that. And uh, as far as Trevino behind the plate, I mean, he's one of the best. Defensive catchers in the game, pitch framing, uh, game calling, they love them for that. The offense was a little better than they, it anticipated in the first half last year. It tailed off in the second half. But with this offense they have, when when you've got guys at the top of your order like LeMay, you, and Rizzo, and Judge, and Stanton, I, I, he, whatever you get from a Trevino is is really a bonus. And so you don't need him to go out and hit 300 with 20 homers. They, you're not expecting that out of your – your starting catcher, he's not Jorge Posada and nobody's expecting him to be that. He just needs to be the best Jose Trevino he can and and that's what uh, he does on the defensive side, commanding the pitching staff. I I think that's where his true value will shine for this Yankee team.
0: Brian, a couple more uh, quick questions before I let you go. Uh, Just... One quick one on Aaron Hicks, uh, obviously disappointing in a couple different ways. I mean, I was at the Derek Jeter game where he got pulled in left field oh after <laughs> dropping oh a ball. Yeah, that was um, I'm, yeah. like, I'm like, oh, and, you know, it was weird because I was tucked in the corner of the third base side, and I was like, wait, what happened? And then I saw the video replay. I'm like, that'll do it. Uh, they have he Bader. The ball was foul. Yep. <laughs> and and he didn't hit uh, as well. as He was, looked like he was swinging on top of the ball, swinging for the fences all the mm-hmm. time. They have Bader Judge, Giancarlo Oswaldo. How does Aaron fix Aaron Hicks fit into this lineup and do the Yankees consider moving him?
1: Well, I think that he's your starting left fielder with an asterisk. Uh, I think that uh, as of right now he's probably got the edge there, but look at what they're doing with Judge, and playing him in left field and trying to wedge Giancarlo Stanton in there. I feel like that shows you uh, how tenuous his, his hold is on that position and uh, Cabrera, they they want to have him bouncing around. So uh, Hicks is under contract; he's got three more years there. They, of course, they want to see a bounce back, but they are already preparing for the the possibility that it doesn't happen. And so, I think that uh, you know Hicks has made some slight adjustments to his uh, batting stance. Here, he's holding his hands a little higher. He thinks he he'll be able to get the pitches more easily, and and that's all well and good here for. Uh, the second week of March, but the, the true test is going to come in April and May. And it, I don't think the Yankees can live with another season, what they had from Aaron Hicks. You can't trot him out there for 120, 130 starts if he's performing the way he did last year. So he'll have an opportunity, and he seems to be in a good place mentally and physically, but I, I certainly don't think the Yankees are banking on him by by any measure And um, as far as moving him. Uh, that, it's a tough contract to move, but look at what they did last year with Joey Gallo. And it, eventually, they just came to a point where they could not keep trotting Joey Gallo out there, and, and they had to trade him. They, they actually wound up getting a, a halfway decent double A pitcher, and Clayton Beater out of him and, uh, in that trade. And so, um, I, I think that if it becomes a possibility where, or a situation where it's just clear that Hicks is not going to be the player they anticipate, then yeah, yeah I think a trade certainly could be on the table it was not the Yankees first choice to bring uh to not upgrade left field but they had so many other things to do with this offseason with Judge and Rodon and, and Rizzo as we previously mentioned that uh they just couldn't bring back Andrew Benintendi as well uh given what he got from the White Sox so they're going to roll with Hicks here and and maybe see if something else presents itself
0: Brian, to close out here, I just want to talk about the overall state of the team. From a talent perspective, uh, offensively, defensively, and then certainly the, the team chemistry and uh, notes in the clubhouse. And part of that last, the latter part of that question is uh, uh, from reading uh, the book you and Mark Feinstein wrote a couple years ago, Mission 27, an outstanding book, and I gained a lot of insight that I didn't realize. I also didn't realize that Rivera was pitching with a, what a strained oblique. That sounds incredibly yeah, nah, painful.
1: He was, he was hurt. <laughs> yeah, he was really hurt. His wife was begging him not to pick pitch and he said I have to pitch it's the world series
0: <laughs> and, the, and the Phillies still couldn't really hit him so I mean just imagine what he would have been like fully healthy um right. so what does this 23 squad look like I mean how close are the Yankees to you know bring in title number 28 to the Bronx in terms of the talent that's being rolled out on the field in the lineup and you know just how they get along in the clubhouse
1: I mean, bottom line, I think they've got the pieces. Uh, they've, they're have they one of the best teams in the major leagues right now on paper, but that means you have to go out and prove it out there. And uh, coming off a year where you had 99 regular season victories and Aaron Judge, of course, number 99, hit 62 home runs. I mean, 2022 was a special season. It seemed like uh, they had the building blocks there to do it. They just didn't get it done when it was crunch time. And Uh, they're going to get another chance here. I mean, largely you're running the same group back for another chance at it. And I think that speaks to how uh, strongly Brian Cashman and the baseball operations team believe that they have all the right ingredients for a championship team here. So uh, look, I, I, I see their point. I can definitely get on board with the idea that this is a group that could do it. Now they just have to go out there and do it. And uh, that's where they've kept running into that buzzsaw of the Houston Astros, among some other teams, in, in recent years. And, you know, Aaron Judge said, uh, said it best, I think, when he was crowned as the captain. He said that um, the most important thing he needs to do over these nine years that, of his new contract is not just win one World Series, but win multiple World Series. That's something that Derek Jeter had done several times by the time he was named captain in 2003. And uh, I think for judges place in this Yankee franchise to be complete, look, Don Mattingly was a captain and he didn't win a world series, but uh, that's more the exception than the rule in this franchise history. I think that judge to really kind of live up to that new contract of responsibility, he needs to lead this team to a championship and this could be the year we'll see.
0: Brian, appreciate you coming on and taking out the time to talk about uh, what the Yankees are looking like here in spring training and uh, what could be possible for the upcoming season ahead. And for everybody out there, check out Brian's book, Mission 27, and get a recap of last year as well with his uh, book, 62, all about Aaron Judge, the New York Yankees, and the pursuit of greatness. Check out those books. Brian, a great writer. Uh, Brian, thanks for coming on and talking about the Yankees. Uh, Look forward to talking again soon. Thank you very much, Ben. Thanks for having me. More Shore Sports Talk, sponsored by Shoreline Wealth Management on 94.3 The Point, right after this. Whether you're in the early stages of investing, getting ready to
1: retire, or planning your estate, you need a financial planner who will guide you on a clear path with honesty and transparency. Shoreline Wealth Management understands that you're more than your money, and they strive to help you realize your best life as they align your finances with your goals. Best of all, Shoreline's straightforward approach will include you in the process. Shoreline Wealth Management is your financial anchor, committed to helping you weather life storms. Visit ShorelineWealth.com for more information today. ShorelineWealth.com, securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA SIPC.